Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Melanie Cole's Health Radio. Health, health, wellness, wellness and, fitness. and fitness. Five days a week. You know, when you have a baby, it is just a flood of emotions. It's scary. It's terrifying. It's exciting and exhilarating and certainly exhausting. But how do you know if you're suffering from postpartum depression? So much news media about postpartum depression and women. And how do you know if that's what you've got? And what do you do if you do have that? My guest today is Joy Burkhardt. She's the founder and executive director and board chair for 2020 Mom, which was formerly known as California Maternal Mental Health Collaborative. Welcome to the show, Joy. So tell us the difference first between baby blues and postpartum depression. Yes, great, great question. Uh, The baby blues actually impact up to 80% of women after birth, and they resolve naturally on their own, usually within two weeks. So if a woman um, has tearing, uh, tearing jags, crying jags that last more than two weeks, we know that's a red sign that she may need more help. Postpartum depression is actually a clinical disorder. The baby blues are not. Uh, it impacts up to 20% of women or up to one in five um, women. And we also like to share that it's almost as frequent during pregnancy as it is in the postpartum period. Wow. So so baby blues, certainly more common. Not everybody experiences one of these, though, do they? No, no, certainly um, uh, many women don't. Um, and there are definitely some some uh, triggers and background uh, that a women, women have that make them predisposed to. So what are some of those? Sort of. Yeah. Um, first, we know that women who've had personal uh, or family history of mental illness in the past, so prior episode of depression makes it uh, she's at higher risk. Um, we, we also know that just general life stressors, um, so if a woman is going through a lot of change in her personal life, let's say changing jobs, we hear often about families moving, right, to larger homes um, in preparation for babies, uh, marital conflict or conflict with the partner, all of that type of stress can make a woman uh, at higher risk, for her at higher risk for suffering from postpartum depression. So, first of all, who notices? Does the woman herself notice? Does she think it's just hormones if she's nursing or if she's not? And it's like, it, it, do we, are we the ones who notice? Or is it like our loved ones are noticing that we're crying all the time or that we seem more agitated or overexhausted? Who notices? Yeah, I mean, it's really a combination of both. We find, um, you know, doctors aren't generally talking about these disorders and preparing women for the fact that they could happen. So when these symptoms do crop up, women often are confused and think, is this normal? Um, You know, what is normal, what's not? Um, We really want family members to know the signs and symptoms as well, so that all of, of, both the woman herself, if if she's able to connect and realize that, that she may be struggling, and the family members um, can kind of rally behind her and help seek uh, help if needed. So who who would she get help from? Do you go to your OB-GYN? Do, OB Do you see your internist? Do you go to a mental health expert? Who would you go to? Yep, and this is what we're working on. Um, we, there's really not a perfect um, answer right now. We really want to see a no-closed-door policy um, where all of these providers, if a woman... Um, Steve, one of these uh, healthcare providers, is screening for maternal depression or anxiety, which we haven't talked about um, yet, but uh, we want all those providers to be screening. They're not doing it right now. What we find is that um, often when women do speak up, um, they, they often wait for a long time because they are confused. There's also the shame you know, and stigma that comes with um, 
with uh, mental health disorders generally that, that hold mothers back. Um, but when they do speak up, we often find that an OBGYN, though this is changing, um, may may not have, you know, they don't, they're not trained in medical school, so we have to put that out there, um, and may not feel qualified to treat, and so may refer her somewhere else, or, or just honestly, sometimes we hear stories where um, providers say, you know, you'll get better, don't worry, just get more sleep, when, when it's not, you know, quite that simple. Um, mental health providers, some specialize in maternal mental health, some do not, and so we hear stories of the same type of thing happening, or um, some, some mental health providers will treat a mom, but perhaps do something that's not appropriate. Um, if a mother's on medication, for example, um, for a maternal mental health, or for a mental health disorder already, sometimes providers mistakenly take um, mothers off of medication or expecting women off of medication when it may not be the right thing to do, or provide some type of talk therapy if it's a therapist that's not um, evidence-based or really uh, appropriate for these types of disorders. So we're, we're working to solve that, um, and that's really the, the reason why so many women are falling through the cracks. Well, Joy, this is such a huge topic. We could talk for an hour about it, but w- let's start with the screening. So if the screening is not getting done, what would involve? What would the screening actually involve? Yes, great question. There, there are two common screening tools, and it's really just a questionnaire, generally 10 questions, nine questions on one, 10 on the other. Um, and all that a woman can actually go online and, and um, actually can find this information if they go to the uh, National Coalition for Maternal Mental Health website. We belong to that national coalition along with many of our other nonprofit partners. Um, and there are links to resources on that main website and also out to other um, partner organization websites, and ner- nearly all of our organizations have a screening tool on our website. So a woman could even go online and, and do the screening herself. Uh, it just takes a minute or two to answer those ten questions, and and then um, you know check out the score. Really, you need a healthcare professional to help determine um, whether uh, you know what the cutoff should be. Different providers use different cutoffs, but um, generally a nine to ten um, on either of those those tools or tests. Um, indicate that there's there's likely a problem. So because so many providers and it's a little bit of a complicated situation, who does she, I mean, if she's going to end up on medication and she has mm-hmm. questions about nursing or about any of these kinds of things that go on, what do you want people to know about getting more information now and and being up to date on how all of this is coming along. And there's a new act, right, that that's, you're trying to get passed? That's right. I'll tell you about that um, in a moment. I mean, what we really want moms to know is one of our member organizations in this National Coalition for Maternal Mental Health um, has a warm line. Um, that organization is Postpartum Support International. Um, there's a, a line that, that anyone can call, a provider, a mom, a family member um, to to ask for resources in their community, um, and that's the best that we have right now until we get uh, all this other work underway. But we do really our vision is that OBGYNs um, serve as the provider um, that screens twice during pregnancy and even before pregnancy talks to women during childbearing years about mental health history and preparing them for what what could potentially happen and how to. Um, become prepared uh, for pregnancy if they've had a prior mental illness. Um, and we want OBGYNs to be that home base for, for prescribing drugs or even referring out to 
um, appropriate talk therapist. Uh, And we only have a minute left. So, and I, like I said, we could talk for a long time about this and we'll have to have you back on, but tell us about the bringing postpartum depression out of the shadows. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. So that's a a bill that's going through Congress right now. Um, You can find out information on our website as well, that national coalition um, website, mmhcoalition.com. It essentially is going to provide grants to the state to address this access problem, um, meaning where where should moms go? How do, how do OBGYNs get the support they need for prescribing that type of thing? Um, and so we'd love for, for all of your listeners to go on and send in a letter of support. You can do that from our website, uh, mmhcoalition.com. And so that's mmhcoalition.org or .com? Uh, .com. .com. Okay, so mmhcoalition.com. You can go there to get more information and how friends and family can help someone who is suffering from postpartum depression. It's something that we definitely don't want to turn a blind eye to. New moms need help, and some need extra help, and we have to be there for them when they do. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and stay well.